Before we start this episode, I just want to take a minute to thank everyone for everything so far. Without you guys sharing and listening, this wouldn't really be possible or worth it. So, yeah, I can't thank you enough. I just want to let everyone know that we've been putting the episodes up on Patreon a few days early, so patreon.com slash nowherefaststudio. It's kind of confusing, but if we have a Monday release, the episode will be on Patreon the Thursday before. If we have a Thursday release, it will be available on Patreon the Monday before. So, I don't know if anyone cares, but they're there if you do. Also, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes, please not only tell a friend, but if you have a minute, leave a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. That helps spread the word. It helps new people find out about us, and uh, it really helps with discoverability and all those fun kind of behind-the-scenes internet analytics. So, yeah, if you have a minute and you can do that for us, that would really help. Uh, That's about it. Uh, Once again, thank you for everything, and enjoy the episode. I uh, I always assumed that everyone was very proficient with Zoom. So I always when I reach out to people, I ask them like if if we can do this over Zoom. And then it's always like at the last minute, almost a hundred percent of people haven't ever used it and like had to download it for this. And I feel so bad because it's not the greatest app and like people had almost gotten away with never having to use it but then I've like forced them to kind of use it for the first time and then I remember like when I started using it and how annoying it is and you know it's not something I'd wish on even my worst enemy I mean, it's not that bad. I, I think it's a good um, way to communicate with people, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it helped when we needed it. And uh, you know, I I wouldn't be able to do these things without it. So I, I guess I should probably hold it in higher regards. But still, I, I know, like, a lot of my friends that had to use it constantly have, like, PTSD for it and they like they don't even want to hear it mentioned. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having to, you know, say be in school and have to do classes on Zoom every single day or even like work, right? Yeah. So yeah. No, it it I mean it's the bare minimum. It's like a a bit more than than a phone call, but it it's nowhere close to like seeing people in real life. I would I would much rather do 
these talks in person too. But I guess one of the good things about Zoom is when I started to do them this way, just more out of like precaution and protocol, I realized I can talk to anyone really, like no matter where either of us are in the world, we can get it done. And I've been starting out, I have a whole like plan for what I'm going to do with this. And, and I, it kind of starts locally. I want to like, just put out like the, the most episodes I can, and that's easier to kind of circumvent with, with local guests. But once it, like, sure, grow, yeah. once it grows, I'm going to try to reach out to people all over the place. And then I guess this will help facilitate that. So maybe yeah, I should, Definitely a, a good starting point, right? Yeah, it's funny. I uh, like it was. It was never really. I mean, I guess in the beginning, I thought it was going to be in in person interviews, so they would all have to be local. But then once I realized you could talk to a bunch of people, people like anywhere, I uh, kind of shifted my focus and and thought it would not be local as much but then as i'm like finding out about people and each each guest i have kind of opens opens the door for a few more like kind of in the same lane as them so it just so happens it's like it's mainly all local because that's like i just feel i wasn't looking hard enough before locally and now that like the floodgates are open there's like there are hundreds of of talented like interesting people locally that I want to talk to before I move on to talk to people outside the city. Yeah, so this is kind of like the podcast is kind of a newer thing for you, right? You're only like this is only like episode. This will be episode twenty, maybe or. The uh yours is gonna end up being episode twenty four, but I've okay. I've done them like quite quickly. I uh when I started, I uh I was doing one every two weeks, and then it uh I mean it's never easy, but it like the guess really like the the subject matter is what makes it easy, and I've been finding all these amazing people to talk to and it's just like it's easy in the sense that i just ask someone to hop on a zoom for an hour an hour and a half it like it to me it's just kind of like a conversation with someone i would love to like pick their brain anyway so once i realized like it was easier to to do that i did one a week and then now i'm doing two a week and I won't do more than that, but that's why, like, it's kind of grown, like, rapidly at the beginning. But, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I uh, know we're fast. We were kind of like, I mean, we've been so many things, but we are essentially like a, a retail spot downtown that kind of, ended up being a, a skate shop and it, it was so much fun forever we had it for like seven years and then in july 
I decided uh, I w- was like, I don't have that many complaints. I just wasn't like fully happy doing it. So I kind of like just took a, a break for a bit and deactivated all the socials. And then I kind of realized like, wait, I can, I can kind of keep the name and keep the following we built because we kind of yeah. got away with like amassing a better following than I feel we ever have really deserved. But now I can just kind of direct those people to these interviews. And I've been having so much fun with it. And it's, it's way less stress than, than running a whole store. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that's probably a lot on your plate, you know, and then you factor in what everybody has had to deal with the last few years. And like, you know, I couldn't imagine being like an independent kind of retail store trying to make ends meet almost, you know? Yeah, no, the funny thing is like, ironically, or I guess whatever word you want to use to describe it. I, I didn't really feel like the weight of the pandemic until it was kind of over. Like, I feel we had almost, like, just barely scraped by, but we were still here. And then I, uh, I, w- I wouldn't even say, like, that we were forced to close. It was more just, I had been going back and forth for so long about, like, it, it kind of became, like, so far from what it was supposed to be, and it wasn't really like giving me the same like kind of joy that it was in the beginning so I chose to close and kind of move on and now like this being the new iteration of it this I like I swear I mean I had a lot of fun I have no complaints really but I've had more fun in the past few months doing this and meeting all these new people than I I did, like, especially in the end of, of having the retail space. Well, it's, it's, I think it's uh, pretty cool. I don't know if cool is the right word to use, but, you know, you noticed that um, it wasn't really like the retail front wasn't really serving you the way you intended it to do anymore. And instead of like, you know, maybe putting way more effort in or trying, you kind of just separated yourself from it. You're like, you know, I did it. I tried it. It was great. But now it's time for me to just like take this somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like the a perfect way to put it. I, I like, I don't know. It's weird. Like I, I would say I wasn't really ever built to do the retail side of things like I'm more of a I mean it sounds super corny to even say this but I'm more of like a storyteller and I like the whole narrative of things and always like selling you know we would like carry skateboards or clothing or whatever I always just felt weird selling those things even that like they weren't overpriced or it was just you know like the same price they would be in any other store i just always felt weird like 
I had made all these friends through the store and now selling them felt like icky in a way. That's why right. this is like, there's no money exchange, right? It's, it's just like a chat between two people and uh, it's, it's pretty much free. Aside from like, I already had the computer I had to buy a microphone and that's about it. So this is, is way more like up my alley, like just being able to like help help people tell their stories and uh, and not have like the finances and all the stressful stuff get in the way. It's, it's yeah. way better. Well, but like I, you said, like you, over those past seven years, you kind of amassed a following as well, right? So if people are familiar with who you are and nowhere fast, you know, they see that you're putting out a new, I hate to call it a product, but that's kind of what it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're not like really losing ground. If anything, you're, this is probably going to serve you better in the long run than maybe doing that retail front. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, and I look at it like the exact same way. So, but you know, I I feel like I just killed like five or ten minutes talking about me, and that's not really what this is about at all. Like I I want to know about you and in your story and your photos. So let's uh, let's shift the conversation to less about me and more about you, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. You know, uh, yeah, uh, it's crazy, man. I've actually. Uh... You know, believe it or not, I've only been in Edmonton for about four months, say. Eh? I wonder that because uh yeah, when 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 I asked you to text me, I uh, I noticed it, it was the different area code. And uh yes. so uh, you you're a transplant here. What what brought you to Edmonton? Uh well, you know, I've I've always just like, you know, I come here for concerts, you know, visit friends. I just, I don't know. There was just something about, I am I, I guess I would consider myself more of a bigger city guy too, right? And, you know, I'm from Red Deer. I've spent basically my whole life there. Um, and yeah, I just kind of felt it was time for me to kind of try and go out on my own, you know, do my own thing. And so... <clears throat> I have a friend who lives here. Uh, her name is Megan, and she was really, uh, you know, I guess instrumental in helping me get out here. She helped me. She, you know, knew some people that were kind of, uh, they had an apartment that they wanted to sublet for a few months, and she kind of put me in touch with them, and yeah, that's that. I mean, I told myself if I could kind of get work sorted out before I actually came down here, then it, I would be more willing to because for that sublet, it was only a few months. Right. And it kind of came out of nowhere. So I wasn't really prepared and I didn't want to come down to Edmonton uh, and be struggling, you know, for a month or a month and a half to find a job and then be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go back to Red Deer. It's just, that would just be a big waste of time. Right. So I made sure I had some stuff lined up before I came down here and yeah, it all just kind of worked out really, really perfectly, actually. That's great. Yeah, I guess my next question would have been like, if uh, 
you're enjoying it. I always, I always wonder how people like I know how I feel about Edmonton, but I wonder how other people feel about it. Maybe like people who have only been here for a short amount of time. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I, I don't want to sound, yeah, uh, you know, too silly or anything, but, uh, you know, the past like four months have kind of like felt like a whirlwind for me. You know what I mean? Like things have just like happened so fast. I haven't really been able to really take the time to think about a lot. Uh, yeah. And I, I, that's good and it's bad, I guess. It's good because, like, I don't want to lose my momentum, you know? I don't want to get complacent again. Right. And maybe over time that will happen. Um, but I, I know, too, when I tell people what, because I get all excited and when I'm at shows and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I just moved here a few months ago. And people are like, why would you move to Edmonton? I'm like, maybe I'm not as jaded from Edmonton yet because I haven't spent my whole life here. But, I mean it's been great to me so far so i mean there's definitely things that have taken some getting used to you know uh but you know all said it's been a really great experience so far so that that's good to hear yeah you know what it's it's awesome here and i feel i mean i do this all the time and and kind of like check myself on it i feel locals it's like in a contract somewhere that we have to kind of poke fun at the city like i'll i'll meet someone who's new to here and then i'll you know gonna make like the the lame joke of like oh yeah sorry like I wish there was more to do, but then I always think like, why? Like, why did I even say that? There's plenty going on here. Like, there's no point in in bashing the city. It's pretty good, but I do it, and I feel other people do it, and they don't. They don't always mean it. So yeah, I think it's just because you know, if you've been in one place for so long. I guess you kind of just forget about what it really has to offer you. Uh, I mean, if I was still in Red Deer and someone was like, oh man, I just moved to Red Deer. I'm so excited. I'd be like, why would you want to move to Red Deer? You know? So I think it's just the thing with, you know, if you spend a certain amount of time somewhere, it's kind of just, yeah, I don't know. No, I I know what you mean. Like, I feel everyone also kind of hates where where they've spent a lot of time. Like, you know, there's there's probably people who are sick of Berlin or Paris or Tokyo. Like, any of the spots we see as, like, the ultimate destinations, there's people who, like, are sick of their time there as well. Yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah, so it's definitely a, it's it's a thing worldwide, right? So then, what, um, like, what got you into taking photos in Red Deer? Because you have a pretty like niche subset of photography, which is what drew me to it initially. But then, like, I would imagine that's like a kind of a hard hard subject to like just to find the venues to shoot 
as many photos as you do is got to be a task in itself. But then to do it from Red Deer, I I would assume would be an extra level of obstacle. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I consider myself um, pretty lucky because um, in Red Deer, I have a lot of friends who are in bands. So, and, you know, I got my camera um, probably back in like 2008 and, you know, I used it for a bit, but the, it just, you know, the, it just, like, I wasn't into it, right, when I first started. And then someone kind of helped me, I guess, like, rekindle that flame and, you know, um, taught me some basics of photography. So I just kind of, like, put myself out there and I was, like, uh, asking, you know, friends, like, hey, you know, like, let me take some portraits of you, right? And so that's kind of how I started getting back into photos is just, like, taking portraits of my friends and stuff. And then I was just like, man, I got so many friends in bands. And, like, at that time, anyways, like, my timeline, there wasn't really, like, anybody out there taking photos of those people performing, right? Right. So I think it was, yeah, back in either August or September of 2019, one of my, like, some of my buddies had a show, and I'm just like, yo, if you want me to come take photos, I'll be there. And that's kind of where it all started, you know? So then I was going to ask if, um, like, mu- music and performances, was that, like, not your first uh, subject that you were focusing on, like, photography-wise, right? Like, you you said you were shooting portraits of your friends. You mean, like, people outside of the music industry, yeah, for sure. Just like, you know, people I worked with, uh, you know, yeah, just people I was friends with. I I wanted to use my camera, right? I wanted to kind of try and get better at it. And like, you know, if I just asked some friends, you know, you know, if you're free, let's go. Let me take some cool photos of you, right? And yeah, so then, yeah, then, and like I said, then that's when I kind of realized, well, man, I, I've always wanted to be like, part of that like the music scene right yeah and this was my way to kind of do that because I never you know I never spent any time like learning how to play an instrument or anything like that and that like I said yeah I've always wanted to be part of the scene so this was kind of like my end and since there was no one else really doing it in Red Deer it was kind of yeah easy for me to start and were there, um, or sorry, were were you ad- attending shows? Like, were you a fan of hardcore before you were taking photos of it? Yeah, definitely. I was going to a lot of shows, like as often as I could. I've always, I've always gave back that way by you know participating, um, you know, buying the tickets to go uh, see everyone perform. Uh, And yeah, I was just like, you know, now I can kind of, now I can kind of give back this way too, right? Right. Yeah. That's funny because I I should have actually started off by telling you 
the the way like I found out about your photos is I was uh, a friend of mine cuts my hair and he uh, he just comes by my apartment every once in a while and we were chatting and he was like hey I I have uh, some people I think you would like I I know of a few people that would make like good interviews but I I don't know if it's too like out there for you and I was like no like the the more out there like the more obscure I mean not at all like what you're doing is out there but any like the more different let's say like if it's something you don't think nowhere fast would do I want to do it even more. And uh, he was like, I, I know of this guy, like he's always taking photos at like every show. And as soon, like instantly, as soon as he showed me the account, I was like, I'm, I'm not even like looking through all these. I I did anyway, but I was like, I'm, I'm just messaging him. Like, this is perfect. I love black and white photography. I love all photography, but all like any niche, like subsect of photography that like is kind of, you know, like a lot of people can kind of look at your photos and almost get like a whole narrative or a vibe to what goes on in the scene just by looking at the photos you've taken. And, and that is super cool to me. Like being able to tell a whole story, like, you know, you can kind of sum up a performance in a few photos, not, not entirely like not to discredit the performers, but I think that like one of the amazing things about your photos is they kind of tell like a pretty deep story just in like single photos. So as soon as he showed me your account, I I knew I I was going to reach out. That's that's really awesome to hear. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess too, that oh, was sorry. the point. He said you were at every show taking photos. So I, I like you saying you've only been there for a few months. That like I would have thought you were like born and raised with all these people, like taking photos of all these bands since they were like starting out in garages and stuff. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, like I said, it's it's been a whirlwind, you know. Like, um, I'm crazy how quick. It's crazy for me to think of like how quickly everything has kind of happened. I, you know, I kind of knew that, like, when I came to Edmonton, obviously I would be able to have the opportunity to go out a lot more than in Red Deer, right? Obviously, um. But yeah, I just, I didn't think it was going to be like this. And I, I really appreciate um, hearing what you think about my photos. It means a lot to me. And I was also kind of wondering, like, how you ended up finding my page, I guess. I know, I know when I post something, people are usually, like the bands are usually sharing it on their page as well. So I figured that's probably how you found it. But I never knew someone like directly showed you my page. It's like, yo, you should talk to this guy. So that's really cool. Yeah, no, that that's actually one of the coolest things about me doing this podcast now is I, I mean, a ton of friends, but 
His name is Sawyer, my barber. He's like super, super into so much, like so many different cool subcultures. And I've had a ton of friends kind of like that with like an eclectic taste in, in what they, you know, movies, music, whatever. And they'll always give me recommendations. And like without them kind of steering me in the right direction, I would definitely really know of less people but yeah that's like usually how I try to operate like someone someone will show me someone's stuff and I like not all the time but a lot of the time I kind of like get like kind of a gut feeling right away and I'm like this this would be someone like at least worth like, you know, you know, like, I didn't know if you're going to not answer me or be shy and not do it. Like, of course, I like hear no all the time, too. But if, you know, if it works out, then it seemed like something that was definitely worth, like, attempting to get it on the books. And... Actually, it, I remember, like, the night before you messaged me, I saw that both accounts added me. So I added both. And then I was just like, I was just thinking, I was just like, man, it'd be crazy if this guy like asked if I wanted to do his podcast with him. And then the next day you shot me that message and I was just like, what the, this is crazy, man. I'm going to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. Like, why wouldn't I do that? It, it benefits both parties, right? Like you, like you said, you get to have a, you know, a guest on here, you know, maybe someone will hear it and, you know, they'll discover me that way. And, whatever there's so many opportunities for both people that like i'd be crazy not to come on here well i mean thank you i'm i'm i agree and like i always i hope that whoever i'm like asking if if they want to come on and talk i hope that they would think of it that way too it's like just i mean it's great for both of us like we can just have an interesting talk learn a bit more about each other and maybe you never know like i mean it could be huge like i've done a couple episodes where i um i should be careful about how i said it's not that i ever would run an episode that i didn't want out there and that i wasn't proud of but there's for sure been ones that i thought like ah this is just me like chatting to an old friend like no one's gonna care and that yeah. one ends up being the one that gets like past yeah like it gets shared the most and like it gets like each one usually opens the doors for a few more like kind of in that lane and things which is great like I'll uh, talk to a comedian and then you know a few of their friends reach out and I get to talking with this whole like pocket of comedians. And then I got a couple like episodes kind of with comedians. Same with the, I have a few coming out that are all kind of like restaurant owners. Okay. Which is like, I mean, it, like I, I just want to talk to anyone. There's like no rules and regulations. It's just like, if you, you know, like you ask the uh, average person, like they probably wouldn't think Nowhere Fast was going to have on like three consecutive like restaurant tours, but that's kind of like, I mean, I like that the best. Like, 
I know, like after I I can almost guarantee it once I release yours, probably end up talking to like someone gonna you know, someone interested in hardcore or photography or both. And that just opens the door to to be you know, like I'm I'm not really shy in the way like all it's not like I, that I'll just ask anyone like I still want to have like some sort of curation to like this whole podcast but yeah I mean if I'm into like what you're doing I feel we could have a talk like why not that's also the joy of like doing two a week now it's like I mean if it does if I like it but maybe like the audience doesn't like it there's a new one in a couple days like there's so much so much content on the internet, like no one remembers anything like a week later. So like, they can just come and go. Well, and you're talking to so many different people from so many like different parts of life. Like they're the listeners are getting they're getting a peek at into things that maybe they didn't realize, right? Like the other side of things. Yeah, and, like, honestly, all I ever wanted to... This, like, goes back to what I was saying. Like, maybe I'm not built for retail because I, like, when earlier on when Instagram worked different, it was, like, a bit easier to grow a following. Mm-hmm. We started to grow ours, and all I all I wanted to do was be able to, like, use that following to, like... Like I had a skateboard team for my my shop, and all I wanted to do is be able to share their skate clips, and then have our following. Now they like, in a way, like I guess it sounds rude, but they're like almost tricked into seeing it. Like they followed us, and now they're gonna see all these kids getting. Now mm-hmm. I just think like, kid, these people followed us. Like now, now you're gonna know about Kyle's photos or you're gonna know about like this restaurant or like whatever it's like oh forcing is like you know too harsh of a word but it's like yeah i'm just i'm trying to like grow my followers just so i can show them you other people yeah exactly yeah you're you're uh opening the door for other people for sure and it's it's really great man uh i've actually i've I've become a bit of a fan of the podcast. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, on, on Sundays I have this, I, I guess I'll call it a bit of a ritual where I, you know, get out of bed, have my shower, do my thing. I'll walk down to Pharaoh on 124, get a sandwich and a coffee. And uh, yeah, then after that, I'll just, you know, go for a walk for a bit. And I figured, man, I'm going to just draw on an episode. And I've listened to like four or five since then. So that that's amazing thank you yeah it's i mean i i say this too i'm gonna like you may have heard me say this i'm sure any like avid fans of this app but i don't i don't at all think i'm like really good at this i hate my voice i have like the absolute bare minimum of like editing software and knowledge of how to use it but if i can just like tell other people's stories that that's like the point of this like i I don't 
I would hope people that don't listen to this to hear what I have to say. They just want to hear like what the guest has to say. And that's like 100% fine with me because that's all. Like if there was a way for me to just be like, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Ross, and then like you just talk for the whole time. Like, I oh, would, shit. I wish that could It'd be over in five minutes, man. Oh, um, you know, like I, I also like all growing up, even to now, whenever I meet new people, I, I, I treat like most conversations with people, like maybe not a, a podcast, but like an interview. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm not. I won't shy away from it. If someone asks me like about nowhere fast or anything about what I do, like I'm, I'll talk about it. But it's not at all like the first like i'd rather just ask people question after question so that's why i was like you know what i like i kind of interview people all the time why don't i just like record them like yeah it can be that difficult and and it it's not yeah it's like a bit of work putting this all together with the actual interview and like the back and forth report that's like the easiest part well, and from what I've gathered from just like listening to a few episodes, like I said, is like there's I've never really noticed there's ever a point in time where there's like dead air, you know, or, you, you know, you get that kind of awkward feeling and you're always asking like super great questions. And yeah, overall, it's just really great. And I, yeah, I appreciate that so much. And you know what? People ask me all the time. So I'm just going to like take one second to kind of like humbly brag they aren't edited that way like people are always like oh you must spend so much time like cutting out the awkward like pauses i'm like no they're honestly like probably 90 percent of these episodes aren't edited at all like they're they're like i mean i could get better at this and hopefully i i will but i i barely even introduce people like we just start talking and have them like kind of start off on like uh not a weird but like you know i was talking to my friend brian i think last episode and we started off just talking about like golf for like 10 minutes and i mean he's the record producer right for have a heart yeah yeah. Yeah, as I was walking home, I was actually listening to the one two with um jeez, oh, I forgot his name, but he runs the video store on White Ave. Oh yeah, Kevin. No, th- yeah. see that that one also came out of like just I had had a couple guests prior. I, I did one of the earlier episodes with uh Nicole Boychuk, she was the like vocalist for a band called I Hate Sex, and okay. she's really big into into like the cinema as well. And she was like, "You gotta talk to Kevin." And I thought, like, you know, I know about that guy. Like, I kind of yeah, sort of judged the book by its cover, and I was like, "What he's like." You know, he's probably kind of like the comic book guy in The Simpsons. He's like not not gonna talk to like some normal guy like about his knowledge of movies. And then I had an I did an episode with uh 
a friend of mine, Emmett, he's the the wrestling photographer, and he he referenced him as well. So I was hmm. like, all right, two people have have said this. I'm gonna we'll send him a message and see if he cool guys me or not. And he he might have cool guyed me the least out of anyone in my entire life. He was so nice. He was like, I I could do it tonight i could do it tomorrow like whenever you want he like went in to uh because i'm i'm in a in a wheelchair and uh his store is in in a basement it's a basement yeah yeah i've i've never been there but he was awesome he went in on his night off did the whole thing over zoom but then he kind of gave me like a virtual tour of the space after like, oh, sick. He, he was super awesome and uh yeah he i mean i learned like so much from from every guest but for sure he like he taught me a lot yeah he seems like a really good guy and like he said he's not like trying to gatekeep cinema right he's he's really open to all different types of people like coming to his store. And it's really cool that something like that still exists. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And, uh, and he made me like lately, I've kind of been suspecting that maybe like the whole cool guy thing, like is, is going away a bit. Like when I was younger, everyone was trying to be like as cool as possible. Like no, you know, photographers didn't want to like, show what equipment they used and like people didn't want to like show off what music they were listening to and what movies they were watching yeah now like, oh like, you haven't heard of this band you're not cool enough yeah i'm not showing you and now like i mean there is there's still some of that and like don't get me wrong like in in certain instances i i feel maybe a bit of gatekeeping is still like warranted but I feel yeah. these days everyone is way more like open about like offering up like a story and some inner knowledge on soul cultures. So it's uh, I mean here that how do you feel about that type of thing? Like in I mean in hardcore or photography or the the fusion of both. Like do you feel? there's gatekeeping in that scene or are people like more accepting of others? You know, when it comes to the photography thing, um, I was kind of worried about that when I first started out because my impression was just like, Oh, here's this new guy, like coming onto the scene and now he wants to tell me how to do everything. And, you know, I'm not going to help him or I'm not going to give him tips, but, uh, definitely when it comes to the photos, like there are a few people that really, um, you know, always had an open door for me. And if, man, I would just ask like random questions, you know, like, oh, how do I, what's a good way to like do an edit or, you know, like look at this photo and tell me like how I should fix it. And like, you know, not all the time, but definitely for the most part, you know, I was getting help in that. And, you know, I've, I've definitely made sure that I act the same way as well. You know, um, if someone is like reaching out to me and we're just like, Hey, how do I, how do I go about like going to a show to take photos instead of me being like, I don't know, figure it out. You know, I, this, while 
I'll tell you my story and I'll tell you what I did. I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm not saying it's going to work, but you know, maybe you find something in what I say that will work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as the whole like music, like hardcore scene, every like, that was another thing too. I was super kind of nervous about when I moved here just because, you know, being the new guy from out of town, like how accepting are they going to be of me? Um, but, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't want this to sound uh, like I'm coming off as a jerk or anything, but I feel like, you know, my work kind of does the talking for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, and it, like it, it does and it should. And it, it's great that it can. It, like, at it, it least to me, like, that's how kind of, before we had ever spoken, your your work definitely did the dogging for you. Yeah. Uh, and it's sweet. Like, you know, I definitely, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I hate, I hate like, uh, talking myself up, you know, because I don't want to seem like uh, I'm being cocky or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know. Do you feel at all like, because I see this all the time, like being a photographer, it's kind of, you get like a, there's a lot more grace given to photographers, I think, especially like photographers that are like documenting subcultures like that. Like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying, it, it's more rare. Like it's not like every kid at these shows is trying to take photos. So I feel Everyone, like, you know, not no vanity. Like, it's not like all these guys are trying to, like, take selfies and stuff. But I feel everyone, for the most part, likes to have their photo taken. So if you kind of become known as, like, the guy who's there to show off and, like, take these beautiful photos of what's transpiring at the show, like, people are going to kind of respect that give you a little extra respect is am i right or wrong no you're definitely right and you know um it definitely has kind of worked out to my benefit as well like you know uh i will say that you know the talent has got me to a certain point um but you know if it wasn't for all these people who have like really given me the opportunity to come and take photos of what they're doing. Like I, I, I wouldn't be in this position. I like wouldn't be on your podcast right now. Right. So, you know, and yeah, I guess that's kind of just what it's all about. Like, you know, we're both kind of benefiting from each other. Right. Like I get to go and do something that I'm like, honestly, really, truly passionate about. And at the same time, I'm like, taking these really cool photos of like what's happening at the moment. Right. So. It's like, I mean, everyone always jokes about there's, there's too many photographers. I feel like it is actually quite difficult to have certain events and certain moments in time documented. Like I, 
um, like a, a complete like hobbyist photographer, but still, I I always forget to take photos. I forget to charge my camera. I run out of film, or there's always there's a million obstacles that prevent me from actually documenting even like our events and our past like kind of yeah events that Noah fast is that so just the thought of having like a kind of resident photographer can do a great job that would be incredible so these people must like really like I mean like worship I guess might be a strong word but I feel like I mean, if if I was ever presented with someone with like a, a knowledge and a, like passion for photo, like you have, they would be like one of the the best like friendships I could form, right? So I'm sure you're creating like this bond with all these people that just grows stronger each event you photograph, right? And like every yeah. A photograph, like letting someone take your photo, I feel always is like a fast track to like trust, right? So like if yeah. you you meet, do you find you've like you meet someone take their photo, it's kind of you can like feel maybe it's a little like awkward, but next time it's better, next time even better, and then you know like after a few more times, it's like they don't even think. They don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, I would think that's the best place you could be as a photographer, right? Just like they don't notice you really, and that's when you're gonna like get the most candid and like the the most like true photos. So the one thing I do like about what I do is that uh, I I don't do a lot of like promo stuff. You know what I mean? It's mostly just the live shows that I'm attending and taking photos of, but I really would like to get more into the promo side of things uh, because, you know, I think it would be sick if one day I take a photo and before you know it, it's like in a, like a music magazine or something, right? Like that, that'd be crazy to me. That would, if, yeah. But the reason why I like doing the show stuff is like, I can kind of like, no one really notices that I'm there, right? So I can kind of like go in and do my thing. And, you know, I'm not really bugging anybody, but I'm just like, yeah, making these really sweet moments come to life. And how, how do you go about like getting the photos to the people after? Like, is the, there a lot of like exchanging of emails and stuff or like, like I would assume that's pretty hectic too. Like in the middle of a hardcore show, trying to like trade emails with people that could be difficult. Well, Instagram is like a beautiful but also kind of crappy thing. Um, you know, generally if it's a new band, like I'll reach out to them maybe before the show and just let them know that I'll be there. And once I post the photos, if they like them, they can just, you know, shoot me an email address and I'll send them, right? But uh, a lot of the time, too, it's just so much easier for me to just, like, post on my, um, not on my story, but just in, like, my, the, the main part of Instagram, right? I just, like, post there and people are usually just sharing them right to their stories from there. If they want them, they reach out and I'll, I'll send them to them, of course. 
I'm not going to tell them they can't have the photos. Like, they're my photos, right? But if they want them, I'll definitely share them. Yeah, no, that that is true. Like, I mean, I agree. Like, Instagram is there's a lot of of negative things that could be said about it, but like the how easy it is to like network and have your stuff like shared and then have bands see it. It's pretty like seamless. I mean, without Instagram, I wouldn't have. Uh, really had like an insight into what you were doing and then I also wouldn't have had a way to contact you so quickly so yeah and like where would I what would I do with all these photos that I'm taking I mean sure they're fine for me to have for myself but I want other people to see them you know and, and I guess you... that leads me to a great segue I don't mean to cut off the question that you were going to ask but I I, one of the podcasts that I listened to, actually the first one I listened to was uh, Stephen Babish. Yeah. And you guys spoke about how you used to put together zines and like put together like little open art galleries, right? Yeah. Man, that is something I would love to do myself because, yeah, sure, it's cool that I post this like photo on Instagram and it gets however many likes it does. But I think it would be a lot more, I guess, satisfying if I could put it together in like this little zine. And like you said, you know, you look at it and then maybe it goes on the shelf for a couple of years and then you, you randomly just like come across it again. And then you're like, Oh shit. Like, man, I remember that night. Like that was such a good show. Right. Yeah. I would love to put stuff together like that is is there much of that like at in the hardcore scene like in in edmonton are there many like zines in circulation these days i mean like not that i know of not that i've seen you know and the thing is too like you know for the most part going to these hardcore shows it's like Honestly, it's been, like, me and one other photographer, too, right? Yeah. So there's not really a lot of people out there taking photos. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, it would just be, I don't know. People would love to have that, too. I, I At least I hope they would. I oh, think it would help hold more of a sentimental value than just, you know, the fucking 10 what? seconds that you look at Instagram, right? For sure. Like, people... People love having a tangible thing like that. And, you know, from my experience, I think people don't even know they would love it until they got they it. They actually hands. have it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it's funny because, like, I mean, when I, when I was first showing zines, like, years ago, they all, all the first ones I had seen were kind of from hardcore like a, a xerox like zine that was like sold at like a merch table for like a touring band or whatever that was where like a lot of the most incredible zines i have in my collection kind of came from i'm like i i mean i i do like hardcore a bit actually I, I like hardcore. I know a tiny bit about it. I haven't like spent that much time going 
to shows and like being involved with it that way. But the little I do know about it is like zines and hardcore are very intertwined, just maybe not here. But that I mean that's fine. Like we're we're a little like disassociated. A lot of our subcultures are doing really well, but they just don't have like all the pieces that they might have in like bigger kind of American cities or something. But uh I I think your photos would look incredible in a zine. And uh I always try to tell people the 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 act of making a zine is like the easiest part. The hardest part is is getting the photos. But if you already yeah. have all the photos, you can lay out a zine in like an hour. Like cost maybe a couple dollars to print like a black and white zine. It's like it's all it's pretty easy. It's just coming up with like the content for yeah. But I yeah, like you said, I, I've got I've got the photos to do it right. So, and then you know maybe even there, and I can like kind of make a couple bucks from it too. So, yeah, I it's funny. I I know of a few like clothing brands as well. Like, do you know what Stray Rats is? I don't think I've heard of them. No, it's uh, I I think actually in one of your photos. It was of someone wearing a stray rat's hat. And it's okay. a brand that I like kind of got obsessed with a couple of years ago, but the guy that makes it comes from hardcore. And oh, uh, I think for the, f- the first few years, he would just sell it only at hardcore shows. So he would just have like a merch table at like friends shows and and it kind of grew from there. So I always romanticize the idea of like a merch table. Like it doesn't even need to be hardcore. Any, Any band's merch table I feel is like the ideal place to sell like a zine or like a yeah, like a gilded t-shirt or something like really zine should be black and white t-shirts should be the gildens it's like uh, like things are too complicated and too expensive these days i i feel like uh you doing a small zine and uh trying to get it out that way that like yeah that is a very promising notion to me yeah uh so yeah definitely like when we get off the pod, if you have any kind of tips you can help me out with, I'd greatly appreciate that. How to get started doing one of those. Yeah, yeah. And if if you're saying you'd like to go to Pharaoh on 124, the place where I and I send everyone else to to print our scenes is um it's it's just downtown. It's like Jasper and uh it's it's close to one twenty four, so you'll be in good hands with those guys too. But yeah, yeah definitely sure. when we when we hop off here, I'll uh, I'll tell you everything I know about all that stuff. It's uh, I I love when when anyone like kind of shows an interest in that type of stuff because I think I was saying to Stephen Babbage too, like. 
it's unfortunate that kids these days like they are taking the most amazing photos just for Instagram. Like they don't do anything else with them, and it's like it's not really their fault at all. It's just like the end of the world's fault we're getting to this point. Yeah, and these it's kids, the environment like, that we're in. You don't have to put all of your photos on this like little handheld screen. Like you can, I mean, you can like if you want. There's nothing wrong with it, but you can like always find other things to do with your photos as well. That uh was gonna be another question. Do you have any other outlets like for showing your photos? Like, do you have a newsletter or anything going, or is it only Instagram? Yeah, it's only Instagram. Um, it would be cool if maybe one day I put together like uh maybe like a little website to showcase what I've done. Um, but yeah, other than Instagram, that's really all I have. And then are there, uh, like, you don't need to name names or anything, but are there, like, people, kind of other, like, music photographers that you were inspired by to, to start doing this yourself? Or are you, like, uh, a maverick or whatever and just kind of like learning everything as you go and, and not like basing it on anyone else's like presentation yeah there's definitely like you know people who I would consider to be like inspirations you know from Instagram uh, a couple I can think of off the top of my head uh, one guy uh, his Instagram is called Gabe the Pigeon um oh that, like a, that sounds like super familiar yeah he, he's a pretty popular photographer he's, he's a really like really popular touring photographer so you know i definitely grabbed some inspiration from his stuff there's another guy named uh shutter happy jose i believe again uh those are two people just like off the top of my head that i whenever i see their photos i kind of like say to myself, how do, how do I do that? But like my version of that, right? And that's kind of why I um, decided to go just like black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before I would, I would always be posting like color photos, or I would be posting like three different versions of the same photo because I wasn't really like sure which one I liked more oh yeah, I, yeah of course once I kind of embraced like the whole black and white style I think that really yeah I don't know it really helped me you know because now to like I don't know I I would hope that if you see my photos enough if you're just like quickly scrolling through something and you see like a black and white photo from our Edmonton hardcore show you're just like oh shit is that Kyle you know yeah yeah and yeah. you know what I feel like obviously there's nothing wrong with with color or black and white but I feel like color a lot of the time is almost like a distraction in a way like a lot of 
A lot of times when I look at black and white photos, like let's say yours, for instance, you can almost like focus more on what's happening in the photo and not like, you know, your eyes and drawn to like a certain blue or a certain red like popping in the corner, which is like, I mean, not not bad at all, but I, I always feel like black and white photos you can focus more on what the story is like or what the the story the photo is telling and not be like swayed by like colors and shiny objects and yeah i I definitely think obviously there is a place for color photography um one thing i just kind of noticed too is like everybody like I don't know I don't want to sound like a jerk by saying this but I just think like a lot of you know color stuff kind of all just like looks the same you know yeah no I I actually know exactly what you mean it's funny because I'm sure there are a lot of people who maybe don't like look at, at photos as like discerning as as you or I would that might think like black and white all looks the same. But if I was to look at someone's Instagram feed that was all like color film photos, that would look more like the same thing repeated to me than a feed of black and white photos would. Just because yeah. I feel you can focus on what's happening in the photo more when the color is removed from it. Yeah. Well, and another thing, too, is, like, it's, like, kind of just become trendy, too, to, like, do kind of, like, these collages as well on Instagram. And, you know, I literally have nothing against that. If, like, if that's how people want to post their stuff, they're obviously open to doing that. But I just, like, you know, I like the basic, like, black and white, this is the photo type of thing, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of, like why I have like a love hate relationship with Instagram because, you know, I obviously like it because it gets, it gets my stuff out there. But in the same sense, like I'm not a photographer for Instagram. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I'm not like, man, if, if my account pops off and I get some followers and, you know, like, I'm getting like I'm not complaining if I get like a fair amount of likes on my photos, right? Because then that kind of just like validates that what I'm doing is like good. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not like, oh shit, I gotta make sure these photos are on Instagram like tomorrow at 9 a.m. Right. I mean, I was doing that for a bit, but yeah, it's just like I'm gonna take my time with it. I'm gonna make sure that the edits look good. I'm going to make sure everything looks good before I'm just like in a rush to post it. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I talked to a lot of my guests recently about this too, and, and Stephen and I were talking about the pros and cons to it, but like these days, there's so many rules to Instagram, and it, it, it's funny because you would think... You know, how to be a good photographer is take good photos. That seems like it should just kind of be this the start and the end of it all. But like you're saying, it's got to be like 
you know, the whole feed working together, what time you yeah. post that, like all these things that like don't and shouldn't matter at all, but like they do matter a lot and they actually kind of like hinder a lot of photographers because like you, I mean, you personally or you just in the, the global sense, like someone could be the, the greatest photographer ever and if they're posting at the wrong times and they're not sprinkling in like some sympathy, you know, something to to kind of milk their audience for likes and stuff, their photos aren't going to be shown to anyone and they could be like producing the greatest images to ever exist, but no one will see them because Instagram like doesn't like you because you're not playing by all their like made up rules. Yeah, that really like sucks. And like, I wish there were was like a better place. And I'm sure there is. Sure, I could post my photos on say like Flickr or something like that. But like my my friends don't have a Flickr account, right? Like they're not gonna see my photos if I'm posting them there. Yeah. No, and uh, I mean that that's it too, right? Like there there are other things that photographers can do, but then it's like, well, the entire world is already on Instagram. So even if like you don't love it, it is maybe the the best like audience for it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really the, I mean that like we uh we I guess you'll be the third, I guess, but I once I decided like what I was gonna do when they were fasting, kind of like revamped it as this podcast. I was thinking like I don't wanna I know I'd be but like I'll just post, I'll just make a story every time like we have an episode. But then I I was kind of thinking like you know we have if we're doing two a week that's like enough content to like kind of keep up with their rules of how active they would like you to be i gotta find a way to like maybe i'll just post a photo of the prison like every you know it's like kind of you don't need to think that much to have two posts a week and instagram probably wants you up with two a day but that's closer than none yeah. And I was thinking like it's gonna it's just gonna look way too all over the place. And that's why I was like, you know what, I'm gonna post every I'll just get the people I interview, just ask if they can send me a few photos and I can just pick one to use and I'm just gonna grayscale every photo. So it's just going to end up being kind of like a diary of all the guests, but they're all going to be black and white, which ties into what I was saying, like color photos are too distracting and it's too hard to like match up a bunch of colors, especially when it's like, I mean, a lot of like, you're a photographer, of course, I can like, if I ask you for a photo for your picture, it's going to be incredible. But then if I have, like, a restaurateur on here that's never, like, he barely even uses their iPhone, they're obviously not going to, like, send me the greatest photos to choose from. Yeah. So it's going to look, like, all over the place. So I was like, um, at least 
let's just grayscale every photo and try to like tone it a bit so it looks like kind of a cohesive flow of like black and white portraits. Well, yeah, and that's what was, like, getting wrong with my feed, too, is because, you know, I would post, like, six, like, color photos that I would just, like, just want to post black and white. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet and, like, this is going to become my style. And honestly, I think it kind of makes the pictures a little more dramatic as well, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... Do you, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of a hard question because you're like growing as a photographer. So, of course, like probably today is your busiest day on Instagram, and that's kind of how it should be going forward. But did you like notice if the response was different at all between like color and black and white posts? Honestly, I feel like I've gotten more more likes from the black and white than I did with the um the color. No. With that I... being said though, I think I've gained more followers now than when I was doing strictly color stuff. Yeah. So that probably has a part in it and you know, like I said, I as much as as much as I have the feelings for Instagram, like I do kind of try and stick within that like time frame of posting as well, you know? So I want my stuff to be seen, man. So yeah. Yeah. And no, right no. now, like that's, that's how I got to do it. So I, I but, do it too. It, it kind of goes back to when I was saying like all the locals, it's like, you have to hate on Edmonton. I, I hate, I complain about Instagram every day of my life and then look at all of my analytics and follow all the rules for posting. Like, I just complain about it. But then, yeah, of course, like, even even when I post this episode, it'll be at 11 o'clock. Like, that's the best time to post. Like, I, I do follow the rules, but I hate that they've imposed these rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, if I don't, if I post my photo, like uh, one of my photos at like Wednesday at fucking three o'clock, I'm probably not going to get that much engagement. You know? I, uh, especially like in, in between closing Nowhere Fast and then like doing, uh, finding a job, I was like super bored. So I was watching just all these super courting YouTubes about like algorithms and whatever and everyone said like don't post black and white photos like the Instagram AI can like no, can tell they're black and white and it won't push them out as much and you won't get get the same interaction on them but I I I don't think that's true. I've like I've posted black and white photos like on my own feed or like I mean but like our account right now is pretty pretty like you know it looks like only a few photos but like we used to have like hundreds of nowhere fast photos like when we were a retail store and mm -hmm. I would always take black and white photos and they would always do like the same if not better so i uh, i don't if you ever 
get bored and you're looking into all that stuff and they say don't post black and whites, I would say don't listen to them. Yeah, I'm going to do it even more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I didn't really ever, that was one of the rules that I was like, well, I'm not listening to this. Like, I have one, I have a, a Ricoh GR2 like for my digital camera and unless I had something I needed in color. I don't even like take it off the black and white settings. And uh, yeah, I was like, I I love taking black and whites on this thing. Like, I don't want to. So, with your camera, you put it in black and white and you shoot in black and white. Uh, When. Let's see. Some them, like for instance, for for these like portraits like that that the guests are gonna be sending me, I I just uh, put them in like an app, grayscale, okay. and then like yeah. I have a bit of a formula. I think I like crank the exposure up ten percent and the contrast up thirty, and then it gives it like a bit of a blown out like black and white. But then if I'm shooting on this Rico, um, I use like pretty high ISO and you, I mean, you'd be able to tell, I'm sure, but like most people can, but a photographer could probably look through my photos and tell which ones are like an iPhone photo turn black and white and what's Mm. like shot on this. Rico, but yeah, I if I am shooting like digitally, it's just the camera set to black and white, and uh, I, I mean, my, mainly because I barely know how, and I'm kind of impatient, but I I don't really ever do any like post processing either. It'll just be like. I've like learned over the years how to like have the settings on the camera to kind of like freak it to look as close to like a film photo as possible in the black and white. And then yeah. I like just just shoot it like that. And then even like I think the camera has Wi-Fi, so I'll just like post it straight from there. Unless I'm like using them for a zine. Or something, and then I'll I'll like put them on the computer and plug them into like however I'm laying at the scene. But yeah, I've like I barely ever like done any post processing. But yeah, that's like ninety five percent just because of my lack of ability, not because I'm opposed to it. I've thought uh, about you know, putting my camera settings to shoot in black and white. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of seems too risky because I don't want, I just don't want to go to a show and take, you know, however many photos I do. And then I come home and they just don't work. Right. So it's better for me to just in post, make them black and white. See, like, I, I hear people on either sides of this, like, thought process all the time. I, like, I agree with you, just that's why I don't turn color into black and white. Like, yeah. I am the same way. I want to be able to, I, like, I want to know it worked as I'm shooting it. 
but I want to see it in black and white and not have to like try to convert it after and then have it not work. Yeah, and that's the thing. The th it bothers me a lot when I go to a show and you know, take a bunch of photos and then come home and none of them work. And that it thankfully it doesn't happen very often, but there were there's been a couple shows more recently where yeah, I was whatever, like I didn't bring a flash and then whatever the lights weren't bright enough and now my photos are so underexposed that if I try and fix them, it's just like you can't fix them, right? Because, yeah, I don't know. It's just like there's so much grain. And, like, grain is sweet and everything, but I'd rather be the one adding it, not trying to work around it. Yes, yeah, I uh, should have said this too. I assume you're taking like hundreds of photos. Like, you're there as a professional photographer. I'm like the furthest thing from it. And I. I've been taking photos since I was a lot younger, so I I like kind of grew up like when I was a kid. I would like take film photos almost before digital existed. So I've just always kind of had it ingrained in me. To I only ever take like one or two photos, even I, it's digital. Like I could take a million. But I only take a couple. I always try to like get it right the first couple times and then like not revisit it over and over again. So I yeah. mean that that's probably why we're on other ends of it too. Like you probably have a whole repertoire and like memory card of photos like after an event. I'll take like two photos of, of something and and a lot of the time, even those don't work, but then, like, whatever, the, the moment's gone. I I would like to get better at it, but, yeah, I don't, like, have a whole, like, memory card full of photos to work from. Although, like, I don't know why I've always been like that. It definitely kind of hurt me more than it's helped me, but... Well, I, when I first started taking photos, I think like the first show I went to, I took like six or 700 photos. Yeah. And it's like, sure, that's, that's great and everything. But now I got to sort through six or 700 photos to maybe get like 10 that work. Right. So definitely as I've, um, you know, like kind of developed my own techniques and stuff, I take, I, you know, I, I go to a show, say there's three or four bands, I come home with, you know, maybe 300 photos, but I think in the 300 photos that I take, there's more quality than quantity, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I don't know, I always make sure, I always make sure I can, like, at least provide, like, at least 10 photos, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Are you, uh, like, when you shoot at these events, are you mainly, like, right in in the man, like, with a, like, wide angle, or are you, like, shooting far away with the zoom? Uh, no, man, I'm staying, I'm, I'm close to it, you know? Uh, I think that's probably because 
you know, when I, even before photography, when I would go to hardcore shows, I would, you know, participate, right. I would be thrown down or whatever you want to call it. So I've, you know, I, I'm definitely like used to being in the heat of it. And I think that kind of makes for better photos, you know, that kind of like, I guess like staying at the back is fine too, but you're only getting so much. I like to be up close. Just really got to make sure I'm paying attention to not just the music because I don't want someone to kick my camera out of my hand. Yeah, I was going to say if it had anything like damage yet. Not yet, thankfully, and hopefully it doesn't happen anytime soon. Uh, I went to a show a few weeks ago and I made the mistake of, you know, keeping my camera down by my side and someone did kick it, but I had a good enough grip that it didn't like fly out of my hand or anything. So, and everything still works fine. So, like you said, there's usually only one other photographer like at the show. Yeah, as far like since I've been here, there's me and another person who shows up. Yeah. And it's it's usually the same, like same person you recognize show to show. Yeah, yeah. When I first moved here as well, I like uh, because I I noticed them at a couple shows as well, so I made sure I went up and you know kind of just like introduce myself and let them know that you know i'm new in town and i'm going to be at a lot of the other shows or a lot of the same shows as you so i just kind of want to make sure like you know you know i'm not here to like fucking steal your job or anything i'm just here to like take some really great photos so and uh, were were they accepting of, of you like from the beginning yeah they were i i you know i think i think if you like are just kind of honest with your intentions and you're letting people and like introducing yourself and letting people know why you're there. Like they can't really, they can't really deny or like reject you. Right. I mean, yeah. they can, like they can, but then they're kind of an asshole if they do that. But I want to be part of something, right? Like I want to be part of a community. That's why when I like, you know, I, earlier on, I spoke about how I used to like reach out to specific people and be like, yo, what, like, you know, just kind of give me beginner tips and um, yeah, now those kind of, like, it doesn't happen very often, but a few times those people that I used to reach out to are now reaching out to me and being like, Hey, how do I get an opportunity to shoot your show here? Yeah. And it's not like, I'm going to be like, I don't know, figure it out. Like, you know, cause I don't know. Thankfully, like I haven't encountered it a lot, but there are people like that out there and they just kind of want to keep to themselves and maybe not, you know, let, let people in. But uh, yeah, why can't we all just, you know, be successful together? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I mean, everyone's got like a different, their own style and like the exact positioning they want to be in to take photos. So every I mean there's room for maybe maybe two is a good amount of photographers per show, but yeah, there's definitely enough like subject matter for everyone to kind of coexist. Yeah, like you said, everyone has their own style, right? me and another photographer can be at the same show and our photos are going to look completely different. And that's what I, I think that's awesome. Is it, uh, 
like a, a lot of photographers in in your field of stuff do they typically stick to black and white or is there like color photos as well being i shot? think yeah like everyone i i mean there's definitely people in like this specific scene that are using black and white but i mean as far as like edmonton goes i don't I haven't really seen a lot of other, you know, black and white. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I I don't know if I'm the only one, but. Have you, uh, like, always shot digitally or did you ever, like, spend any time shooting film? Uh, I got on the film trend uh, probably a year ago and I went out and I bought myself a pretty decent um uh, not like a point and shoot, but I bought myself like a Pentax, uh, maybe like a semi-pro film camera. And, you know, I've been messing around with it a bit. I haven't developed any film yet, though. I'm kind of waiting till I've got like a little bit of a collection to, you know, randomly take a couple and get them developed and just see. Because, yeah, film, like, I, <laughs> I kind of just let the camera do its thing and hopefully the photos turn out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a completely like, different beast, man. I mean, super expensive, and like, I mean, beyond that, if you're there to get these photos right for these bands and stuff, it, like film, definitely gonna be a way more expensive, way more like of a letdown. Dude, like, imagine shooting like three hundred photos on film. To get back like two usable ones. Yeah, imagine shooting three hundred photos in film in low light conditions. Like, yeah, yeah, they're probably all gonna be black. <laughs> yeah, that that would not be fun. I know, like a lot of people, like you know, film photographers kind of swear by film and whatever. I I think like film looks cool some of the time but there are some some instances where I think like it would just be irresponsible to use film for this like this is why digital was invented you know it, it's here for you to use like event photography show photography like wedding photography that type of stuff you need to like have good images at the end of it and and film probably gonna set you back like financially and just like pro uh, production wise well the the reason why i uh was like yeah i want to try film is because there is kind of that um you know like mysterious maybe maybe that's not the right word but you like you know you take your digital camera or your DSLR or whatever, you take a photo instantly, you see how it looks. With film, you don't get that advantage, right? So right. that's kind of what like drew me to it. It's just like, yeah, I wonder, you know, I'm just gonna do a roll of film and let's see how they turn out. Was it color film or black and white? Yeah, it was color. Like it'd be like a nice kind of juxtapositioning though, like doing a lot of your professional stuff black and white, but then maybe just like 
having fun and, and shooting different things on color film. It might be yeah. like a very drastic, like not only color wise, but just the whole like process, subject matter, everything could be like really different. And I I kind of find like each shooting color sort of informs how all of you shoot black and white and then vice versa. It's like they're both kind of teaching me things about the other way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. But I uh, I don't take nearly as many photos as I would like to these days. I used to do it a lot more. What... um. What was like the the very first like when you first got your camera way back in like two thousand eight I think you said what was like yeah. the very maybe not like the first photo you took but what types of things were you taking photos of like when you first unboxed the camera? Uh well at that time too I was living in Vancouver so. Um, there was a lot of just like, you know, kind of cool downtown Vancouver stuff to take photos of, um, you know, um, I, there was a pier close to where I lived with, that always had boats there and stuff. So that was obviously a cool place to shoot, especially at the right time of day when the, like the sun is going down a bit too. Um, you know, I was taking photos of all sorts of stuff like flowers, you know, I think that's kind of um, a place. A lot of people start, you know, maybe, well, I don't know. I could be wrong, but just, you know, the objects around you. Yeah. No, I, I didn't even think about this until right now, but if you've only been there for a couple months, like you're entering your first winter here. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've obviously had very similar ones being in Red Deer, but I feel like the winter in Edmonton is the best time to take photos, especially black and white, because, like, the, the snow is such a contrast, and black and white photos look so good here, like, six months out of the year. I've definitely thought about trying to get more into street photography because there's obviously, there's a lot more going on in Edmonton than there is um, Red Deer. And I've gone out a couple times to try and do some stuff. Right. But I don't know. I think it's because I don't do it enough that I just don't like how the stuff looks, you know, it, I don't know to me, and again, it's probably just because I ha haven't really done it a lot, but it they kind of just feel boring to me. I don't know. Yeah, but no, also maybe not taking photos too. of the right stuff either, right? Uh, it, especially with like street stuff like that, it, it is something I feel like you have to do pretty consistently to like get what you want out of it. Yeah, and know what to look for, like, when you're out trying to take photos, right? Like, I, I see stuff, and I'm, like, like from street photography, like, on Instagram or whatever, I'm, like, oh, that's really sick, the way, like, you know, 
the way they made that car look with the sun or whatever the setting is behind it. And then I go and try and do the same thing. And I'm just like, Oh, I just like took a photo of a car. That's boring. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't really know how to compose for street photography yet. Right. So I just maybe need to practice it a little bit more. Do you um, see yourself like you want to stay local and kind of document the music scene here? Or would you be open to something like going on tour with the band and like being their designated photographer? I love being here. I love documenting this, but I like the scene here. But if like a band reached out to me and was like, yo, we're doing like a Western Canada, like little leg come with us. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Like, I would love to do something like that. I don't know, like, truthfully, like, I would love to have more photography opportunities outside of just music as well. Like, I would love to do some product photography and stuff like that. Like maybe, you know, like for like little independent shops, I'd love to do something like that, but I don't know if I want to make like photography, my full-time gig. Um, because I just don't, I just don't want to lose like my love for it. You know what I mean? And you know, when you're doing something so much, it just like becomes a chore and, <laughs> Like, this Yeah. is like, I don't know, it's like the only thing I have. So I don't want to lose that. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to do some small time gigs, make some, make a bit of cash if that opportunity is there. Um, I would love to continue documenting like what happens in the Edmonton hardcore scene and the music scene in general. Again, like, I'm not just. I'm not just here for hardcore. Like I love music and I love taking photos of it. Um, but yeah, like I said, if, if a band reached out to me and wanted me to go with them for to a couple cities, like I'd do that in a heartbeat. it's probably it's really good to be aware of what what you just talked about too like a lot of people you know they just want to make photography their full-time thing and they don't think about what they could be like giving up in the process of it you know trying to make like your passion into a job doesn't always work out the way people think it does so i think it's really good that you're aware of that going forward and that that my guess would be will help you in the future like kind of may like retain a passion for doing this and not like burn you out like as quickly as someone else might get burned out trying to like turn it into a job prematurely Yeah, and, like, man, I, I, I'm I, aware, like, I'm aware that the money in photography is going to be in, like, wedding and engagement and couple photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And, sure, I would be willing to, like, try a bit of it just to make, you know, like, some money from photography, but I don't, like, I'm not going to want to make that my regular gig. Yeah. If I do that, I'm going to burn myself out and then I'm not going to want to go to these shows or I'm going to go to the shows and not put in the amount of effort to take a good photo that I normally do. So, I mean, Yeah. it definitely works for some people, but for me, I just don't know if it's the case. Yeah, no, Like, I mean, like Steven said, right? Like he did it for how many years and like um, some months he made like three grand and some months he wasn't making any money. And like, I don't know. That's just that's a stressful way to live. 
I like knowing that I'm going to have a consistent uh, paycheck. So, Yeah, yeah, super important. And and like I said, like really, really good, like to be self-aware of it. And then, uh, I mean, I like to hear that more than I like. It's good, like when people have a passion for it, but I hear I have friends, younger friends who have been shooting photos for like a week and they want to like turn it into a full-time job. And I always think like this, chances are it's not gonna work out like how, yeah. how you see it working out but i mean everyone's got their aspirations so you can't really stand in the way of that but no i, I really like to hear that approach and uh yeah like Stephen and i were talking a lot about trying to like turn something like a passion into a full-time job and just like the the wear of that and the stress and the burnout are all things that it sounds like you can avoid. And by all means, I'm not saying I don't want to make money from doing photography. I would love to make money from doing it. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to. I just don't think it's right for me to, you know. Quit doing my kind of daily thing just to focus on photography. But who knows? I like the thing is I can't predict where it's gonna take me because you know if three years ago when I picked up my camera and did that first show, if someone told me that this is where it would bring me to, I wouldn't have believed them. And like this is this is only like really truly the beginning of it too. Like there's so many directions that it can go. Yeah. So who, I mean, who's to say that you know? maybe i'll sell out and take that you know full-time photography job but right now i'm saying no <laughs> yeah that, i mean you're of course you're right and it could open so many doors and who knows like what will happen and what you'll turn down in the future but for now it sounds like you got got a level head and you're thinking about it in the right right ways i'm uh I'm looking at the clock here and I'm going to let you go soon, but I want to ask you like a, a very, a very basic question, but I feel like it needs to be asked to a photographer. Do you, uh, you have memories of like, what's your favorite photo you've ever taken and then like sum it up in, in a, a couple sentences, if you can. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's hard because I've taken a lot of photos, probably more than um, I really realize. You know, I guess I can answer it two ways. One of my favorite photos, I don't think it's posted on my Instagram anymore, but it was like, I can maybe like get it out of the archive or whatever, but it was... It was the first night that I went out to a show to take photos. And uh, I asked the one band if they wanted to uh, have me take just like a couple like promo photos. So we went over to like this parking garage and I don't know, just the way things were lit and how it ended up getting edited was just like, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite overall photos. Um, some of my more recent favorite photos, though, 
I gotta say they're from that uh, Citizen show that I shot at Starlight Room. Um, Citizen, I don't... They're a pretty well-known band, and it was just like... It was just super awesome to get that opportunity. And, you know, the way the lighting works at kind of bigger venues like that, like they have a whole system, right? So I think they really turned out super awesome. You know, one more thing too... <laughs> One more good photo. Uh, I Comeback Kid played at Bose. Uh, this a venue in Red Deer. They played at Bose. And that was kind of like, at the time, after I posted those photos and like the lead singer of Comeback Kid like DM'd me and is like, yo, can you email these photos? I was just like, man, it's never going to top this, right? Yeah. No. Like I thought, like, I thought that, like that was the peak. I it never, like nothing's going to get better. Like after that, like... But yeah, that was just like, like I said, like that was honestly just the beginning. So that, yeah, that's, in, I mean, yeah, like I was saying, I don't, I don't know a huge amount about hardcore, but even though I'm a huge comeback kid fan. So yeah, like, I understand how amazing that must have been. I was like, holy shit. Like they just messaged me and like asked me to send them the photos that I took. I don't know if they honestly use them for anything, but just to have, you know, that person like recognize what I did and like have like the two or whatever, two minutes to message me and be like, yo, here's my email. Please send them. Yeah. That was, that was a really great feeling. Yeah. No, that, that's huge. That's awesome. And uh... yeah, I know you, uh, I was going to say, I know you said that you wanted to get off the line here pretty quick. Um, but before you do, uh, I was hoping I, I could quickly just, uh, you know, let it be known. I think I said it earlier on and while we were talking as well, like the talent, I guess, that I possess has brought me to this specific point. But I really, really think that it is important that, you know, those people that gave me the opportunity also realize that I'm here because of them. So, and two guys I really want to shout out specifically are Dan and Mark. And uh, they're, I think they kind of started their little uh, promotion company kind of around the same time that I kind of moved here and was doing photos, but yeah, they really gave me an opportunity to be a part of this. So yeah, I just, yeah, I, I want people to know like that. Yeah. I, I'm where I am because of the opportunities that everybody has given me. So yeah, no, that actually that it, an amazing Amazing kind of way to end it off, and and that's super. I mean, that's amazing. That like not a lot of people actually take the time to kind of like, even just you know shout out the people who helped them get somewhere. So I I really appreciate you saying that, and you know what? From now on, I might actually ask ask yes. As as they're on their way out, if they have anyone that they want to kind of give flowers to, but they were actually what is it? Um, what's their promotional company called? Uh they are called 
capital hardcore. Yeah, okay. I mean, this is amazing in, in two ways. I, I really like that you uh, interjected to shout them out. But I also, I followed them when I followed you. And I would love to talk to them as well. But I was actually strategically going to wait until I released your episode and then I could message them and say like I did this one with Kyle and then you know then they might be like oh yeah like we love Kyle but we'll we'd love to do it so hopefully I can kind of use this as a stepping stone to reach out to them um I don't know exactly when you're going to release this podcast uh, is it going to be out this week or? Uh, next. Uh, Monday. Next Monday. Okay. I was just going to say it, it'll be too late, but there's a, they're putting on their last show of the year, I believe at the Buckingham. Um, But yeah, they're cut. They kind of like branded it as like a battle of Alberta thing. Like, uh, you know, um, Calgary Hardcore versus Edmonton Hardcore. Yeah. It's going to be really sick. Hopefully. Oh, I, I was looking at the flyer today's end game on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to them too and be like, yo, you should, you should go talk to Wes. It'd be a really awesome thing. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be amazing. That That's what I was saying is so cool about mm-hmm. all this. Like, you know, one episode opens the door for some more, but I, I would absolutely love to talk to them. And I, I was looking through their account and I'm a, a huge fan of what they're doing. So if you could uh, in any way get it into even just tell them that it might be something they should do when they have a minute, that'd be amazing. I would, would love to talk to them. Yeah, maybe I'll wait till this one comes out and then when they know I'm on it, I'll, you know. Yeah, I always, to... I always like, uh, you know, I'll do one. Someone will spark the interest of another one, but then I wait until this person's out so I can like send it to them for reference. Especially because like I'm kind of all over the place with my subject matter. So it's sometimes nice to be like, well, you guys are, I'm sure they do other things, but mainly hardcore dudes. So, you know, this one's with a hardcore photographer, kind of the same lane. And then that that always helps a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, like, anytime you want me to come back, you just let me know and I'll be here. Yeah, no, no, I, I would love that. And, uh, I'll, um, you know, like, oh, you have my number now, so you can ask any questions you have about zines and printing and all that. I, uh, I'll, I'll easily tell you everything I know about that. So hopefully you can get one of those out in the near future as well. Perfect. Well, hey, Wes, uh, I really, really appreciate you reaching out to me and like giving me uh, a couple hours to kind of just, talk about something i really care about and yeah well yeah thank you to do that for me thank you for making the time and and teaching me a bit about what you're up to but uh yeah obviously we'll we'll be in touch 
outside of the podcast. So, yeah, thank you. Cool, man. Well, I hope you have a good night. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening. Cool. We'll talk again. Thanks. See ya. Bye.